Sanamgar, let me get this straight. We're going to be attacked every night until the day of returning. And meanwhile, the Golden Tree went on a super secret mission outside the walls of Agmar. Without me? Yes, that's why I came to warn you. Apparently, they were able to find out where the Mothman might strike next, and we will need you and Char there. I've got to head out, but Vina sent some other information along too. You will want... No, you need to take a look. What? And you're not staying? Come on, Nam. How about a quick drink for old time's sake? No can do. I've got a date with the missus. I just stopped by to drop this off. Have fun. And it looks like I've got a date with a bunch of paperwork. Ugh. Welcome to Reckless Attack. Yeah. <laughs> I had to launch into just screaming that out. We were having we... a Eurojam. No, no, wait. No, Eurovision you, beat the jam session. Were <laughs> we were jam vibing beats. over here. Right, yeah. And I then, I, yeah, and I had to shout to just be like, we can't anymore because they, we are not a Eurobeat podcast. <laughs> what, we what, are, are, what are we, Nathan? We are, in fact, a Dungeons and Dragons actual play. F- no, I fucked that up. God damn it. I'm too <laughs> Eurobeated. Yeah. Eurobeaten down. It's, by it's the that. Things. And and for anybody curious, we are recording on basically the day we all lost an hour of sleep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, due to <laughs> so the it's time change. So, it's going yeah. great. But no, what we are is in some some amount of order with the next few words. Uh, we are an actual play Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition podcast that was still wrong. I think because I think it was fifth edition actual play podcast, but you get it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you we're know, here now. you know, mm-hmm. and I am DM Nathan and I am so excited to be here with the just punch drunk <laughs> fools of players that I have ready to sit down, throw some dice, get some good vibes going all that great stuff. But before we get into those non-Eurobeat vibes, <laughs> let's get into some player introduction vibes. So first of all, to my right. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Zolv Esterlin, the dragonborn monk, who, much like... Um, I'm going to mess this up, so we might have to edit this portion. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's all staying in. No! <laughs> Uh, I was going to make an untethered joke, but um, we are actually tethered to the table via these cords and headphones and and microphones, <laughs> so no up and walking around. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, we just got to we just got to see some untethered undead who are uh, spooky. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah, not the most comfortable introduction self has had to another creature, but you know, here we are. Hi, I'm David, and I play Caskrin Brightmane. The Dwarven Warlock. And this is Kaskrin's first time outside the walls of the Red City of Agmar. Except for all those other times. Yeah, except for the outside. rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time outside after having been inside. Yes, yes. Re-emerging yeah. back into the world of Rixia. Your statement, while technically correct, <laughs> is extremely confusing. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And my favorite genre of music is synthwave or chillwave, 
Both are pretty good. Both Just are pretty the waves. Okay. There's yeah. got to be waves, yeah. though, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. Beach wave, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm a fan. Hi everybody! Hi, <laughs> wow, you just let Sophie just yeah. dangle yeah. there. Yeah, you got I, you know what, Nathan? I take initiative. I yes, yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. And I am Sophie, taking initiative, playing Valeska Carter, the human astro cleric of the Arcana domain, and also playing as a player who went to sleep at what I can only refer to as Car Snacks O'Clock. <laughs> you don't talk about it. car snacks. That's car the deal. snacks are secret snacks you get in the car and nobody knows about it. And if everybody sees the remnants of car snacks, nobody's allowed to ask questions. Exactly. You can learn more about that by listening mm-hmm. to the Reckless to Talk interview with Sophie. <laughs> I um, forgot we talked about that. Yes, we did. <laughs> I think about it like a lot. <laughs> and I talk, like I've brought that into my own, not the practice, but like the sentiment yeah. into my yeah, life. The energy, yeah. Uh, and I gone- hope everyone else has too. But we've gone to bed at a time that you cannot talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The car snacks of bedtime. Yes. Yeah. Well, this energy, while I'm having a great time with it, is kind of unfortunately not vibing with the energy of where you are. Yeah. Uh, so let me let me just really dampen everyone's yeah, mood. Bring everyone down. <laughs> and really just ruin everyone's day just a little bit as... There are not a lot of laughs where you are at the moment for a lot of reasons. You have, over the last even just couple of hours, learned a lot of very dangerous information. You, thanks to a successful visit to the Akmar Library, have learned more about your foe, the Mothman. You believe that it is going to attack in a few days when the Agmar city is planning a large festival kind of celebrating the return post ultra giants into the city is kind of an anniversary celebration to complicate things Fina Calvetta came to you asking for a favor members of the bones the undead guard of Akbar, created by the pentarchy are missing one has returned untethered was the phrase as Steve said but what you guys could see As you entered, the headquarters of the Bones were invited in, saw a crazed, wild, and bloodthirsty undead creature. Its helmet was removed, there was a strange glowing skull underneath it, and its armband, usually covered by a red cloth that you know usually has like a pentarchy symbol on it, was also missing. You are in the basement of the Bones headquarters, uh, just on the outskirts of town. It is kind of an old plantation-style house. It must have been quite spectacular back in its day. But now it is as if there is a layer of soot or grime, as if there has been like a filter applied to everything, to the point where there is even a radius around the building of dead grass and plants, even as it was surrounded by farmland, by grassy fields. You are in the basement, and the shield, who is the head of the bones, has stood aside and shown you this untethered member of the bones, being held back by two other undead centurions. And the last thing that he said to you was, look at what they've done to my people. And so... Does anyone have any questions? Kaskrin would turn to the shield and ask, 
what happened to him? How long can he be kept here? Is this, is this secure enough? Well, that brings us to the pain of the matter. We can safely house this untethered indefinitely. We do not require food, drink, air, rest. However, what is tragic and horrific is that we know that that soldier is still in there. They're still aware of what's happening, and they can't control themselves. Val would like to cast Mind Link to the Untethered. Okay. Roll me a wisdom saving throw. Fuck. We have advantage. For reasons. Yeah. (laughs) For asterisk reasons. 15. Okay. You are immediately hit with a wall of fury, of aggression, of just pure emotion, of almost like destruction, but anger and hatred and pain. Okay. But you are able to steal yourself long enough to not be overwhelmed by it or even hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And you have a connection. But it is an ongoing pressure. Imagine the most angry a mortal could be and the most murderous and the most aggressive and then magnify that. That is what you are feeling a, a sliver of as you mind link with this creature. As she's kind of connected to mm-hmm. this creature's mind, she is trying her best to stay focused and mm-hmm. not be overwhelmed, but trying to find any hint of the soldier that the shield said was still there. Make me a wisdom check or a religion check, too. Could work. While she's doing that, is there any indication? Do I have any indication that she has done used a mind link? Is there any? I think with that emotional force she would like stumble back slightly and close her eyes just in a very like she's thinking incredibly hard Mm -hmm. her her eyes are closed and she's just like has a very focused face on but she's not saying anything she is completely concentrated on her task in that case Selva kind of i'll move behind her and put my hand on her shoulder in a, you know, we're we're here mm-hmm. if you need us kind of way. And as this is happening, you see the untethered being dragged back and actually being probably put onto a chair uh-huh. and is definitely going to be tied up mm-hmm. and contained that way. Um, but yeah, so make me either a religion or wisdom check. Okay. No guidance because she's concentrating too hard. Uh, 21. It was a very high DC, okay. and 20 gets you a portion okay. of hitting the DC. You are hyper-focused, not just to reach your destination, right, of trying to kind of dig in, but also trying to keep control of yourself. That is how intense this experience is. You are able to almost, I'm imagining, just like 
you know, bury yourself and keep digging mm-hmm. through this aggression, through all of this horrific feeling. And you reach your end point. Like it is as if you are trying to stretch your mind as far as it can go into just nooks and crannies. And just as you reach out as far as you can, you can't connect with anything, but you get the sense that something is there. Mm -hmm. There's a moat of not aggression that you can sense that's as far as you can connect with it, but you can tell there is something underneath this layer of aggression. Once she hits that moat and probably that wall, she will drop mind link and kind of at that point realize that Selva is behind her and thankful that she, she, cause it was such an effort. Mm-hmm. She would like keep herself up before collapsing, but you still would feel her kind of like fall back a bit into her. Her eyes are welling up with just the pure emotion she just experienced and will probably like step around self towards the back of the group. We are given control, awarded sentience, awarded our ability to interact with mortals through complex magic I don't understand. But magic sealed by the pentarchy symbol on our suits. The few we've been able to re-tether over the years have reported awareness of what was going on. Which is good in many ways. They are recoverable. They are still there. But also, existence in this state, especially with no hope of recovery, of respite, is torture, is inhuman, is unacceptable to all of us. But all we have to do to fix him is just get the symbol back, right? I hope it is that easy. There were two others missing with this one. That its symbol is removed, I hope, is nothing more than a coincidence or tragic accident. But if someone were to know that secret... That ability, they would be powerful indeed, and I am sure would not have left it to chance. And so I worry for those still outside the walls. Can I actually make a arcana check? Mm-hmm. I sure. want to see just if just by looking at him, I can get any sort of sense of what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Twelve. Your best guess is pretty much aligning with what the shield said specifically of this is an undead creature that has been like let loose and it doesn't have any of the sentience or the anything layered on top of the baseline undead creatures want to do murders (laughs) at minimum you would know i mean probably all of you would know Undead is not inherently evil, but the reason that they're not everywhere is because if you lose control of them, this is often the byproduct. Mm -hmm. And the wildness, the desire for harm, for aggression, especially to mortals and living creatures, Mm -hmm. 
is certainly what you're seeing here. Selv will look at the shield and say, Aside from the armband, is there anything else you need in order to re-tether an untethered? No, largely no. There is a few rites that we must perform, but if you are able to successfully unite the individual with a band, it will make them at least controllable to get back here for us to attend to them. I so one quick question. Um how hard is it to get one of these bands off? Like what could we even possibly be dealing with? So what I'm imagining is you ask that question as the shield turns away from you. You can see the shield is rummaging over on like a table and turns around and is holding something in his hands and looks at you and and roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gun. <laughs> um, and the shield is already obviously a very serious individual, but looks at you seriously um, and with weight and says either something incredibly strong, physically strong or magically able to unweave the protective barriers set around it. Val, is there anything that you might know that would do something like that? I imagine these bands can't just, you know, pop off. They can't just fall off every day. Does Val know anything about You could make an arcana check. Yeah, is there anything that you've heard in your studies? Uh, Val is, like, looking away from everyone because she's just openly weeping at this point. Just kind of, like, letting it... She's She's just standing there quietly, but just weeping. It's one of those where, like, you just have, there are obvious tears. She's looking away from everybody to, like, kind of hide it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she'll just, like, answer you without turning around in the hopes of kind of hiding that she's just crying. Because that was a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, wouldn't you know it's a 26? (laughs) Wow. So, this is, it's tough because... That's a phenomenal role. Mm-hmm. But this is the sort of magic that people do not teach. Mm-hmm. Like you have to seek out this sort of thing in books that are in restricted portions of libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you would definitely know are a few things. First, you can't just do something like a dispel magic. Mm-hmm. You would know there are layers and layers and interlocking weaves of spells that are perfectly crafted mm-hmm. individually to lock together perfectly to make this a st- you know a stable magical environment basically for them to act as they do whatever was able to unweave that magic it either must have taken a long time or have been extremely magically powerful and e- not just magically powerful but have known what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You would also know that the reinforcement on it would be extremely strong, just like the rest of them. And so to pull it off successfully would be a intense task. Mm-hmm. It would have to be a incredibly, incredibly strong. And especially to do it 
with no seeming no damage like the arm the precision yeah, like it's it. easier to like break the arm off than to like that's pull this a hundred percent exactly that's a perfect way of putting it and so to do it with no it doesn't seem like there's any scratches or anything it is just gone it's like it takes a ritual to put these together and it takes a ritual mm-hmm. to take them apart basically. yeah or yeah. again or something yeah. it'd yeah. be very complex for sure Val relates this information but is also done with being here she's just like emotionally overwhelmed and kind of cuts into whatever last bit of conversation is like the shield can you tell us what assignment they were on and where they were so we can quickly see if we can help them yes of course they were out on regular patrols several hours away from here it is of course hard to say it has been a few days our hope is to send you four into our their last known location with a guide, with one of our own. I have spoken to Vina Calveta, and he looks over to you, Val, and he says, I understand you might be able to help locate undead creatures. Of course, of course. <laughs> As I quickly check my... Think so? I mean, I can turn them. <laughs> I'll figure it out. The implication is that, like, our person will explain to you what you can do with the guide. Okay. To go out there. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. You'll go out and you'll bring these with you. And he holds up would appear to be almost like manacles, but manacles that would cover full forearms and has several runes all over it embossed into it. And they're kind of this like sturdy brass and have thick bars, three of them in between both. So it would be almost like a straight armed brace. Hmm. Unfortunately, we only have one pair. But you said... If we can reunite the symbol with the arm, it should get them enough control to get here. We believe so. But I know that the math is not in our favor, but know that anyone you can bring back successfully will be meaningful. And know and believe when I tell you existence untethered is a nightmare and destruction is a release. If you are unable to bring both of my soldiers back, I trust your judgment. We will do our best. One final thing. If you find out what did this, Put a stop to it if you can. And if you cannot, run. Val will nod solemnly and start walking out. Sel will give a bow. Seems easy to me. Let's go. We have very different definitions of easy. (laughs) As you guys exit the basement, you hear the door thud close as the inhuman screams that have been going on and off throughout this whole conversation muffle slightly. You emerge back into kind of the grand foyer and waiting at the top of the stairway is a bone 
that you recognize, again, in the kind of strange way that it makes no sense that you can tell the difference between any of them, but somehow you you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's inexplicable. You see the fortunate is standing at the top of the stairs, leaning against their spear in kind of a lackadaisical soldier way and uh, kind of gives a little wave at the top of the stairs and says, uh, are you all ready to go? Val gives a little wave back and nods. It's good to see you again. You're a guide, huh? I am. For better or for worse, we'll go get it done. Yeah, don't worry. We'll bring them both back. Val will not stop walking, and she'll just get to Mango. (laughs) And she's just going to, like, mind-link checkers. I need a minute. And she's just a face plant into Mango. (laughs) Just, like, not even arms up. Just, like, bend forward (laughs) into Mango and just, like, squish in there and just cry a little bit. Because, again... The flood of emotion she experienced just needs to get out. Yep. And she's just going to cry into Mango for a little bit. So yep. um, Selv will, will turn to Cass and say, uh, we should give her a minute, but um, the manacles, we should make sure we know how to lock them on. Cassgren will take them out and kind of give them a once over. You know, there's there are these large brass manacles with runes. And he sees that they have clasps on either side of them that mm-hmm. would, you know, open it and close. But there doesn't seem to be any sort of clasp that would hold them shut. It seems like once you close them, that is just kind of it. I think as long as we can find them and hold them down, getting them back with this shouldn't be too much of a problem. And Castrin would ask the fortunate, do you know either of the two that are still out there? Is there anything you can tell us about them? I know all of my brothers and sisters. Those who are still lost were called the pious and the seeker. And the the one downstairs? The stone. What are we waiting for? We're burning daylight. Yeah, we should start getting to move on. Val, you want to ride on Mango? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that was an option? (laughs) (laughs) Not for you. No. Um, I love Mango. (laughs) You're also a very dense dwarf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take an already dense dwarf and add rock appendages. Yeah. Um, so as you guys are kind of, you know, you're talking through stuff and the shield has bid you farewell and good luck. And the fortunate is now walking with you guys. Again, as a reminder, you are kind of in a secondary walled off location. It's much less intense walls, but this is a kind of the fenced-off farming portion around the main city of Agmar. As you see various crops who are coming in for the summer, swaying all around you in the bright light of the day, you see coming out of the plantation behind you several dozen members of the Bones, all just standing there at attention who've kind of come out to watch you leave. You guys go down the main pathway leading to one of the outer gates. You see a couple of town guards there who let you by with no trouble. And as David said, you step out outside of the red city of Agmar for the first time since you have been here (laughs) and you level up. Hey. Ooh. Hey. 
We should have uh, yeah. left the, the city earlier. Yeah, right. That's all it took. Uh, I also uh, already already foresaw your shenanigans and repeatedly entering and exiting the city of Agmar is not a bug exploit to continue leveling up. Damn it, so Nathan, don't try it. Just read my brain. We've yeah. already we've already patched it. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Checker is already just on the middle and the line going back and forth. Yeah. Hey, why isn't it working? And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So, the seven of you, three frogs, three other adventurers, and... The fortunate. The, yeah, the fortunate. Seven of you. Uh-huh. Make your way outside. She's going to change her name after hanging out with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't know what the name is. <laughs> Could be sarcasm. Who's to say? Um, so your group. <laughs> she gets ambushed on every single yeah. patrol. <laughs> so you guys make your way outside of Akmar. For a little bit, the trees are relatively thin. Uh, they've been clearly harvested for lumber, for sight lines, that sort of thing. Very common to see around cities. And as you progress the forest, even as you're going down a road, kind of straight north, it begins to get more and more forested. You continue going north for quite a while until you get to a point where the road kind of curves off to the left and the fortunate gestures you off the road into the woods. Are there any signs that other people have taken this path off into the woods, from what we can tell? Roll me a survival check. Nine. You know that in the world today, 
roads get grown over very quickly just with supernatural growth or whatever. So you would know, hey, it is still a road here, so it must be well tended and somewhat well trod, but you don't see any kind of like immediate tracks or anything. Not that I don't trust Kaskrin's excellent tracking skills. <laughs> what do you mean? It seems fine. Kaskrin, move over. Let me take a look at this. <laughs> I'm like bending down, trying to look for tracks and like see if there's any leaves that are broken. Tasting the dirt. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> nah, it seems totally fine. Like nobody's been here before. Might Ch- as well. Checker just has his hands on his hips, just like kind of looking at you. <laughs> those are all fresh tracks. Yeah. Cass, those are your tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would also like to try a survival. Sure. 21. <laughs> um, Not that I don't trust checkers. Yeah. <laughs> What you would be able to pick up is not contradictory mm-hmm. to what Cass found out or kind of assumed, mm-hmm. but you get just enough detail to see that carts come through this way, but not not large groups of carts, usually like one or two carts at a time, um, which you you know would probably know would be gathering supplies, going foraging, perhaps, you know, this is, you know, a lumber route, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And is there any sign that like several large members of the bones have passed through here recently within the past couple of days? Not that you can tell. If you were to ask the fortunate about it, the fortunate would say, we don't stick to the roads too often. I chose this direction because it was convenient. And well, frankly, we found that mortals like taking roads where they can. I would just like to know your dedication. To making us mortals feel welcome and I appreciate it. We were without purpose when we came upon Agmar. We were lost. We were unsure of who we were, what we were, and we had no names. The people came back. Eventually they welcomed us and they gave us purpose. We threw them earned our names. We are happy to be a part of the city. We're happy to have you. Thank you. That was just like nodding along. Mm-hmm. And Catherine's kind of in the in the back, like silent respect, just like, yeah. Good job, Agmar. And then I feel we hear Checkers like, hey guys! <laughs> guys, guys, I found car tracks. Check it out. That's what you would... What? I didn't wouldn't... even see those. <laughs> You're just like standing in the... <laughs> So you guys veer into the much denser forest. This is not the densest of forests in the area, but it becomes very apparent this is, once again, is relatively old forest, Um, even knowing that probably there's still a lot of harvesting going on. And even kind of along the side of the road, you know that, like, you can see a thinning out near the roads where Mm -hmm. clearly people have chopped down or have been chopping down trees for, for whatever. I will say, probably partway through this journey, Checkers would have kicked Val off a of mango just by like poking her. Val over. would have, once she collected herself, <laughs> known her, she had overstayed her welcome <laughs> on mango. Uh, maybe have pushed it like five minutes more. And I guess the question is is Val's sensitivity to quote unquote overstaying her welcome? Mm-hmm. And you know, this is, I guess, asking Jonathan, uh-huh. both of you. Is that overstaying welcome as far as Checkers is concerned or as far as Mango is concerned? It would definitely be as far as Checkers is concerned (laughs) because this whole time Checkers would have been like walking alongside Mango and just kind of like 
<laughs> looking up at Val just every so often. <laughs> and- I feel like Val was on, on makeup for two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. Like, hey. I feel like hey. she, Like, I offered, but I wasn't really serious. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's like it's the chair thing. all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was being nice. I didn't expect you to say <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, right. and Checkers is also one of those individuals who doesn't necessarily think through the ramifications, <laughs> mm-hmm. even no. of the nice things <laughs> right. that he says. Where it's like, Oh yeah! Like, Wait. Well, now I have to walk. Yeah, in. yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. This is actually yeah. way worse. Yeah. I, can, I can I can just see it. Hey Val, you want you want to ride Mango? Oh sure, thanks Checkers. Wait, what? Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. See the thing that broke my brain is me, Sophie, the player, trying to imagine Checkers walking. Yeah, one hundred percent. Same. I thought that too. It's just not, like blah, blah. Yeah. No, my, and also, my brain I, refuses to. Kind of same. My brain will refuse to animate the motion yeah. of checkers walking and checkers is just like it's totally the the feet splayed outward and like no again my yeah. brain will not animate this it's, motion it's, it's it's like uh when an actress is pregnant on a tv show and they only film them <laughs> yeah. from like the chest yeah from the chest up or hold, yeah holding a box everywhere they're going it's just you never see checkers's feet walking <laughs> canonically right <laughs> it is a supernatural right. force you're just like behind some bushes every time yeah. someone yeah. looks at them yeah, or, exactly. or has stopped and is looking around yeah exactly yeah. exactly so you guys go oh, ahead i say that only because checkers and mango would be 10 feet up in the trees yeah, yeah <laughs> that's good say. otherwise yeah. because then you would like to be mm-hmm, be mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. so you guys head into the forest i'm gonna make a couple of rolls now while you roll val mm-hmm. has cast light on self's quarter staff just oh. to have because <laughs> it's high up thank, thank you <laughs> Hmm. Okay. You each take 56 points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Val is dead. <laughs> Where are you in the trees, Checkers? Uh, so Checkers would be hopping from like branches to branches, probably just above where the main party is, if he can like just sort of stay above them. So you're, but you're still pretty much like person level, I guess, you know, like you're not like at the tops of the trees or anything no, like that, right? No. Okay. Maybe just like, maybe like two person levels up. Got it. Got it. You're a second story tree right. kind of thing. Exactly. You guys walk in this forest and it is still light out, uh, even though you've already been walking for an hour or two. And I think checkers would be the one to notice it. You suddenly realize that you and the rest of the group are bathed in shadow. Hey guys, hold on a second. Something weird's going on. Can you be a bit more descriptive than something <laughs> weird? And I don't think the rest of you would notice it. Just because like you're in the you're on the ground, you know, and like yeah, of course there's shadows everywhere, yada yada, but because Checkers is up a little bit, he's like, hold on. Yeah. I wanna like <laughs> things move, are different. Move my hands around a little bit and just kind of like see is there any sort of light around me or is it all just shadow where I am right now? What's your what's your passive perception? Fifteen. Okay, that's enough. Where you're able to you you you're kind of like looking around, playing around, trying to like stick appendages <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, and right. be like, Mango, you go over there. I'll go over here. You realize that there is an a shape that is passing over you guys uh-huh. that is casting a shadow down, but you can't quite make it out because there's still tree. But you it is just enough to kind of dampen the light where you are if that makes sense yeah but there's something yeah. presumably above you 
I don't know how to describe it, but there's something really big on top of us. On top of us? Yeah. And Kaskrin looks yeah, up we'll just to see, I'll yeah. kind of look up and look around. Yeah. And I'll I'll take the staff and kind of move it upwards and use it to illuminate anything else up there. What are you doing, Checkers? Checkers might be trying to take cover, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once he realizes that like something huge is passing over us, he's just thinking, is this going to fall on us? <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what might be a better thing is for Checkers to actually go up above the tree line to see if he can see what it is that's passing over us. Assuming that he doesn't immediately notice like, oh, the shadow's getting like bigger and we're all going to die. That sort of thing. So. This is where we all take 56 points of bludgeoning damage. Yeah, right. <laughs> As an asteroid hits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sun falls or, again. Yeah, Sorry, or, you were too slow. Or a dragon is just plummeting out of the sky. Yeah. So, Checkers, uh-huh. I don't know if you're fighting instinct or fighting curiosity to go up and, and check this out, but the rest of you are kind of like looking around and aren't able to yeah. see super clearly just because of the tree line. Yeah. So the only one who sees, at least right now, is Checkers and maybe Mango yeah. and I guess Junior. Yeah, um, the three of us. You see at least 100 feet above you casting a large shadow against the bright sun. Oh, please tell me it's a whale. Is a sky whale. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you see above you and maybe, I think probably for the first time in your life, see a massive flying creature imagine a humpback whale essentially that is instead of just its usual long flippers has beautiful bright pinkish feathery wings that are just slowly flapping in the air next to it and underneath it also flapping is a smaller baby sky whale. Yes. And you all can now hear the sounds, and I don't know if you would have heard these sounds. Maybe. I haven't figured out the exact migratory patterns of (laughs) sky whales, but they're very rare. You can now hear this strange, otherworldly call of this creature. And checkers, you can see Mm -hmm. flying over you all this wondrous beast so the three of you would see basically checkers disappear into the canopy and then just like seconds later just wow cool look at that it's huge but like no contact (laughs) (laughs) oh no and then uh self will uh hand his staff to whoever's standing next to him I'll, I'll tell uh, you. No, no, get, the uh, fortunate uh, takes uh, it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just because, like unquestioned, it's like, yeah, sure, hold it, that. It's got the light on it. And then Selv will actually start climbing up. Okay. Because if Checkers has found something interesting, we're probably going to lose Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me an athletics check. All right. 13. Yeah, you're able to climb relatively quickly. And you see Checkers, you like... This creature is moving, that combination of like it's moving slow, but also it's so high up Mm -hmm. that it seems like it's moving extra slow past you. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably even by now, the shadow has kind of moved past you. But you see it just slowly, gracefully 
flapping its wings. And Selv, after a little bit of, you know, kind of climbing and that kind of stuff, uh, are able to catch this sight as well. I'm going to kind of move down the tree a little bit and like stick my arm out and like, Val, you're going to want to see this. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> Val looks back at Casper and like, does he, are you Casper, all and, 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 and actually, and then Selv will just kind of look around uh, actually at, at Cass and the fortunate also and just say, mm, Sky Whale. Ooh. At that <laughs> um, the fortunate kind of like shrugs a little bit, but then they stick their spear into the ground and like very supernaturally forcefully shove selves pole into the ground, even though like <laughs> that's not that physics should not allow <laughs> yeah. for that. It just like punches. Like, Yowza. Exactly. Oh God. Uh, but goes up to a tree and will actually boost both of you guys up up the tree if you wanted to go look at it. Absolutely. Vale's just like scrambled. <laughs> yeah. Like, too excited to really like do anything until unfortunately just, just like out. pushes her up. Kaskrin's just standing here in heavy plate and just like <laughs> also shrugs and it's like, guess I'll die. <laughs> it was a trap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, all of you guys are able to see this creature that you would know is exceedingly rare all over the world um, and probably wouldn't even happen often where you're from. I'm imagining that Val kind of catches the the tail end of this sky whale uh-huh. <laughs> as it, as it you know, continues on Ding. across the sky. Inspiration. <laughs> and when Val gets there, Checkers would actually hand you a piece of paper. And on it is like this crude crayon drawing <laughs> of the sky whale and its baby in the sun with like clouds in the background and there's a little frog face in the in the in the corner. And Checkers is just like, Val, look what I saw. This is amazing. She like glances down and like right there. <laughs> but then she'll just like kind of put it yeah. to her chest while staring at the whale. I'm like, does not make eye contact with Checkers. And she's like, thank you. And just staring at a sky whale. So you guys are able to watch it for a decent hunk of time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be going anywhere, but it's just kind of circling around lazily. You see... Suddenly, in the distance, from somewhere deep into the forest, nowhere close to where you are, mm-hmm. very suddenly exploding out of the trees, oh, no. you see what appears to be a lightning made out of creature, where imagine a almost long snake-like body that explodes out of the tree line and as it moves through the air is so like herky jerky that it almost makes crazy like, angles like lightning okay and it seems to be propelling itself up towards the whales you can't really make out too many details but what you can tell is it has a lot of legs and a horrible giant gaping maw that is trying to jump and you see it again, just like a horrible, herky-jerky flesh lightning <laughs> jump up and kind of peek a good ways away from the sky whales and then just kind of like float down as if it tried to jump at them and was unable. Question. Is it long light like lightning and that its bottom never 
<laughs> a valid, Broke the a, a valid question. Uh, no, it did break. It okay. did break the canopy. It was very long. Okay. It's hard to tell with how far away it was, but it was scores, if not a hundred feet of body that tried to jump out. At that point, Val just starts going back down. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that Checker's new goal in life is now to ride a sky whale. (laughs) Not the lightning flesh creature. Uh, Well, maybe both. (laughs) He rides the lightning flesh creature Uh, to the the sky whale whale, and then jumps. Yeah, it's like It's like, you know, the sky whale is like the big yacht and then the lightning flesh creature is like a little dinghy that gets you there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The speedboat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once we get to the ground, I'll kind of turn to Val and just be like, what the hell was that other thing? <laughs> I like that everyone just went down very quietly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> no one invited and, me and on cool yeah, sky and, and, and then, and then Selv, Selv like, you know, takes his staff out of the ground and just kind of covers the light up. <laughs> I feel like you have to make a strength check to get that I was gonna say, I, I won't make you roll for it, but you have to like I have pop to. it out, basically. It's uh, in there, so to speak. The fortunate standing next to Cass, I assume has just been looking up, trying yeah. to see what is going on, asks, uh, so did you see anything interesting? Val will show them. I saw a sky whale. Guys. Checker is trying. And then start talking to the fortunate of, um, do you know anything about a gross, very long <laughs> flesh lightning creature that has many legs and a very large mouth? Um, yes, in that we know to stay away from them. Mm, okay. Sensible. Seems, that, yeah. seems sensible. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right call, right call. Then Selv will point in the direction that the creature had landed and then kind of look at the fortunate and say, we're not going that way. Are we the fortunate in a almost lackadaisical way that is unbecoming of undead centurions (laughs) points their hand in the direction you were and then kind of like orientates themselves and then adjusts the hand a little bit and says, no, we should be fine. (laughs) Val does chuckle. (laughs) (laughs) and everyone just kind of stands still for a minute (laughs) and the fortunate just like looks around at you guys and then shrugs and then just walks off without (laughs) saying anything you guys continue walking for a little while and there is the normal din of the forest all around you Um, and again not just our human earth forest but the densely packed Light nightmare forest of a fantasy world in this fantasy the world. The forest that has a lightning flesh creature. In it. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird and loud, but nothing really seems to approach you guys as you are walking. And you guys might realize that that is something, especially Val, you would have learned is kind of a feature of walking around with a member of the bones. Things don't really like them. living creatures kind of are naturally repulsed by these undead creatures do we still hear the sounds of any animals nearby or are they all okay we just don't see any really yeah exactly it's more that they are keeping a birth but they there's still especially again this sort of a forest plenty of activity and noise it's not like supernaturally quiet or strangely quiet it is just like you realize like 
haven't come across any <laughs> bear fowl or any right. weird any swinging for things swinging from the trees or like there really isn't even any bugs around right on us huh oh <laughs> <laughs> since we are out here looking for two other members of of the bones while we're walking i would like to try to observe mm. the fortunate and like Love are that. they um do they make a lot of noise when they're walking like or, or is there I, I know they're in armor does that does that seem muted somehow than than for instance cast walking around in a similar type of armor you know is there anything specific that they that they're doing that um would help us locate other members of the of mm-hmm. the bones that seems insighty probably 19 so as you are just keeping an eye on the fortunate in terms of studying them. You are first impressed at how actually quiet their armor is, but it is, you are able to notice that it's not because it is supernaturally quiet. Like it's, you know, there's not a silent spell on it or something like that. It is just so perfectly made that every single piece slots together perfectly. It's all perfectly taken care of. There's no rust. There's no clinks. Everything. It is just so exactly to their size that it speaks to how intensely engineered they are, that even their heavy duty armor is not clunking around. But you also get the sense that they are always aware of what's going on around them, even as relatively weirdly chill (laughs) as they are as a member of the bones you're watching them and they are it seems like they're picking up everything so you've been walking for a little bit now and very suddenly not dramatically suddenly but suddenly (laughs) without without uh without warning the fortunate slows down and kind of looks around and looks at all of you and nods and says, I think this is about right. Val, mm-hmm. could I borrow you? Hold me as a th- person? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Did the shield not explain? No. Okay. Val, like, steps forward and is like, yeah, I'm game, <laughs> but like. <laughs> That's fine. The That's, whole me? Um, <laughs> We don't do this often. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to suck the soul out of your body. <laughs> I'm just going to borrow that soul that, for and use that to track. <laughs> I just, um, you are a one of the believers of the gods, correct? One of the you are you draw power, yes. from the gods. Those who have connections to the gods in the way that you do, well, the better way to put it is, we, the undead, do not. We have no connections to the gods, to their powers, what have you. Those who do, such as yourself, often have the ability to, when aided, identify traces, locations. So if we do a short, quick ritual mm-hmm. and you say, Use a channel divinity, <laughs> as I've heard the scholars say. Ah. It will not necessarily give a perfect location, 
but will almost give us a a trail to follow, if that oh, makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. I and the rest of the bones have connections to one another. Mm-hmm. We are a unit. That is why we're able to fight together, why we're able to sense one another. Mm-hmm. We know each other implicitly. But with your help, I think we can amplify that connection and hopefully get some better direction as to where we need to go. I'm in. You just let me know what I got to do. Everyone just, um, I guess, relax for a minute. I don't know. I don't. Boy, I have not been out on patrol with mortals in a bit. Uh, drink water. <laughs> we do. Mal, yeah. Mal does laugh. The fortunate trying to like be human. Yes, do do whatever it is that you do need mortal. to do. Yeah. She's basically trying to tell us to go to the bathroom without saying go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like we're about to leave. Yeah. Your Use your checklist. mortal holes to do whatever they're supposed no, to do. Don't do that. No. You are the one who leaks, navigator. Um, and Val and I will just be. We'll be right here. Before the fortunate like turns Val away, Val will shove a notebook in Kaskrin's hand and the pen be like, write everything down. <laughs> so I guess I'm not relaxing. <laughs> and Kaskrin will someone be, yeah. write this down. And he'll begin, like, you know, he'll open it up and, and, and take notes as these things are happening. And then like Val comes back to the fortunate cool, calm, collected, like, all right, okay, we're ready. But Val, like in a panic, was like, write this down. <laughs> and I, I'm curious, David. Does Kaskrin take any sort of meaning from this that Val gave you her notebook to be entrusted with notes? Or are you just like, I guess I was closest. I think he's like, <laughs> I guess I'm closest. And he opens it up, finds an empty page and begins like writing stuff down. But like, they're going to be real shitty notes. <laughs> it's like beat cop shorthand. Yeah. Of just like, uh, I don't know. There was chanting. Yeah, like and... They sat down 10 minutes later. They stood up like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> So, uh, you guys. No, this is a test. Are, <laughs> yeah. Val's actually taking perfect mental notes. Yeah. But. <laughs> Cass, I'm going to need you to rewrite these. <laughs> so, Val, you and the Fortunate. Uh, actually, the Fortunate once again kind of shoves their spear into the ground and puts their shield down and sits down onto the ground and kind of gestures for you two as well. Okay. They kind of sit there for a moment and then reaches out a hand just to put it on your shoulder, you know, kind of right arm to your left shoulder, and then kind of gestures for you to do the same, put your right arm on their left shoulder. Follows instructions. You guys just kind of sit there for a minute and eventually, and it's in total, total silence. You hear just the sounds of the forest all around you. Slowly but surely, you start to feel an energy, very faintly, building. Almost in kind of a a flow and transfer between the two of you. Connected through your arms, your shoulders, your heart, out back around. And Kaskrin... And anyone else who is watching, but Kaskrin especially, yeah. yep. <laughs> you actually, after, you know, the first few minutes are like, 
very boring. <laughs> yeah, he was like looking at it and he was like, nothing's happening. What am I supposed to write? But then he like suddenly, he you know, like something in his magical mm-hmm. sense perks up and he takes a closer look and he can almost feel that ebb and flow. Ooh, and even if you're if you're close enough, I'm even imagining that you can feel it through your tremor sense. Like there's like a hum. Okay kind of going up and you can like you said also just like notice like ooh hold on something is happening yeah it continues to build and build very again very gently very softly but with each revolution gets that little bit stronger and it eventually builds to almost a warm feeling and you notice it stops in your chest Val. Hmm. The fortunate, you know, kind of shifts a little bit and looks at you and just kind of nods, mm-hmm. indicating do the thing. <laughs> uh, at the fortunate's nod, Val will channel divinity. Cass, you can see this almost like breeze push out from the two of them. And you can see, Cass, the energy is like dispelled outward and you all see kind of the branches and bushes just rustle in not a forceful way but a undeniable way outward from them Val your senses are opened in the same way it's almost like a mind link but in all directions (laughs) and you you don't sense anything in particular Mm -hmm. in terms of like you're not you know individually picking out every single creature or anything like that But you're getting this sense of everything around you Mm -hmm. in the same way that maybe this is what how the bones feel all the time is they just feel things out. But you have it amplified Mm -hmm. hundreds of feet. After this just influx of information into your brain and you're trying to take it all in and sort it through because it's not it's it's messy and it's strange and this is a whole weird experience for you you get a ping close by where you are probably a couple hundred feet into the forest once she gets this like influx of information and all of this like sensory data she grips the fortunate's shoulder just like a little bit harder in shock and surprise and kind of leans heavily into that contact to help ground herself as she's taking a moment to process all of that information trying to make sense of it and work through it and understanding that the fortune told her this is to find her brothers and sisters and feels that ping and opens her eyes to look at the fortunate and give her a nod. Like, I feel them. Both of them. One of them. Just one. Can you tell if they are um, tethered or untethered? No, I just know where they are. I don't know which one either. It's just I can tell you where this one is. And Casgrin puts in the final notes in the notebook. He has been like scribbling furiously the last like 45 seconds to a minute, you know, puts in his final thoughts. 
closes it and says, we don't have much time to waste then. If we know where they are, let's get going. Are they moving? No, I don't know how attuned I am to them. I know they're a few hundred feet away. And then uh, Selv will, will turn to the fortunate and say, should you go first, since the untethered have such a um, violent reaction to mortals? Is it safe for you to go? That is the question. This is your operation. I'm here to help you, to listen to you all. Ah, right. We don't know what caused it. Mm-hmm. I would say, for your safety, I would ask you to stay back. And then uh, Selvel will look towards Checkers and Mango, since I'm mm-hmm. assuming you are writing Mango. Yes. <laughs> uh, Forever and always, <laughs> no one else. <laughs> Tried it once, it was bad. Yeah. I got bad feels from it, not yeah. doing it again. So uh, Selvel will look o- towards Checkers and say, Do you think you can sneak over there and take a look? Of course I can. What are you talking about? <laughs> Unseen. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> That's all we can ask. So we'll go forward if we think the fortune needs to stop at any point. We'll let them know. And Val will cast Mind Link with the fortunate. Because since I leveled up, it's now 40 feet. Ooh, oh, wow. Nice. Hey. Just and wait, man. It's going <laughs> to. I will leave Junior on top of Kaskrin. Ooh, okay. And say, if Junior disappears for whatever reason, then I'm dead. That okay. That, <laughs> it takes him a second. It's like, I know that tracks. Okay, yeah. And, and okay. Come after me. Okay, okay. And and Kaskrin like holds this tiny frog in both of his rock hands, and I imagine <laughs> Junior just like, yeah, just croaks. <laughs> yep. And then Checkers. Uh, when you say that Junior croaks, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then Checkers will sneak off uh, towards the direction that Val indicated, and see what's out over there. Okay. So essentially how you're going, you are leaving the fortunate behind, behind ish, you know, Mm -hmm. close ish, but behind. Uh, And then there is the rest of you. And then checkers is out ahead. Mm -hmm. Yes. And with mango. Uh, Mango would probably also be left behind. Okay. Not quite as stealthy as checkers. Before you guys leave the fortunate, they would turn to you guys and say, though the shield didn't explain the whole ritual thing. I'm sure that he explained the situation. And again, all of us feel this way. If there is no hope, it is okay. It is better to be done than untethered. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. They reach out to both Kaskarin and to Selv place hands on both of you and cast spells on both of you. Ooh. Wow. Um, you each get a casting of armor of Agathis at the first level. What? On both of you. Sick. Smart. I'm not going to be that close. Good thinking. The fortune. There's only so, th- <laughs> they don't have that many spell slots. Oh, no, alert. No, no, no. I don't want to be that <laughs> so, close to use armor. Exactly. Yeah. Is that the fortunate, they're savvy. They know they who's know. probably going to be up. up in it, and it's you guys. Because you have Armor of Agathis, correct, yes. Cass? And the casting of this on you is both familiar and, I won't say wrong, but different. 
It's like armor of Agathus is an energy that comes from within. Yeah. So to have received it from something else is already strange, but then just like this almost, you know, unentity, this undead creature is like suddenly giving their Very energy weird. to me. It's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like self's, a ghost covering. Yeah. yeah. Self, self's a little conflicted because one, it, it feels off. Yeah. That, that he's got this on him. But number two, it's like frost covering him and so he's very comfortable with <laughs> that's true with that oh uh before checkers goes too far guidance <laughs> seems good i'm just like good plan good plan get us the knowledge we seek <laughs> uh, okay Qu- uh, all right all right <laughs> like you're in a library Ooh, 20 total Ooh, Ooh nice. okay and yes okay so you guys see checkers disappear essentially into the forest it's not so thick that it's like oh wait oh god (laughs) it's gone but like checkers just blends in and you maybe see him hopping from one tree to another (laughs) but he's gone surprisingly for someone wearing a a black hat like blends in reasonably well yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's an that's a very large leaf oh yeah (laughs) so you move forward Mm -hmm. How far away do you think you're going? I would say maybe 50 to 60 feet. It would be as far as I'm willing to go without, you know, telling everyone else what's going on. Okay. What you would see, and I don't think anyone else would see, sitting on the forest floor is unmistakably a member of the Bones. And it is sitting there, totally still, holding a spear. You would see, without any trouble, the armband is missing. Mm. And as you kind of get into eyesight, eyeline of that, Uh you would see it start to stir. Oh. But that's not all. The three of you who are together, you hear a strange melody played. Coming from you do not know where in the forest because I rolled very good on their stealth check. And as this song is the only word that comes to mind, as not, as, as not songy as it clearly is, a voice echoes towards you. And this voice says, mm, Only one more of the creature's Disappointing, but I'm sure you all will be nice prizes as well, especially the one who serves the Citadel and the one housing a traitor spirit. And that's where we'll end this week. Oh, uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't like I just it. say one question. Nope. Next week. <laughs> no. Talk to you then, everybody. Bye. Reckless Attack. Uh, what? <laughs>